This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me today will be Giannis Janaeus and Max Cohen. This episode, we are going to discuss the massive 3-0 win for Foam against Millwall at the Den. We have much to discuss with this huge victory for Foam. Before I do anything, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. Mr. Janaeus, how are you doing? How are you feeling this morning? I am um, ebullient, so to speak. Um, that was a fantastic game yesterday and a um, lot of talking points and uh, it was a game we'll remember for years. Absolutely. There's so much for us to talk about in regards to this match. We're going to go through it, all the different talking points we are going to be talking about. Max, my friend, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing very well, Russ. I don't think any of us thought we'd run out 3-0 winners at the den, but that's exactly what we did. And it gives me even more confidence, even more optimism, you might say, for the final two matches of the season. And the fact of the matter is, it's over to Cardiff now. They have to win three matches, and it will be a real, a real roller coaster to the finish to see who wins that battle for automatic promotion. Absolutely, there, my friend. And uh, like I said to you off air, you're rubbing off on me. Optimus Max is now <laughs> infecting me, which is very interesting. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to start with my opening thoughts. And Max, this goes back to what you and I talked about in the preview show. I I said to you, I was feeling confident in this match. I I thought the matchup was better for us because I thought Brentford 
played the same way as us would give us more problems. I thought that the contrasting styles eventually would work out in our favor. It did. And I also thought because of the comments from uh, Slavisa that I actually read on the preview show, that gave me even more confidence when he was talking about strengths and weaknesses that every team has them. And that gave me a feeling that he knew how to uh, break down this team. So I'm now going to share a quote from Slavisa that's after the match. It's on the uh, Fulham Twitter account. And this is what Slavisa had to share. Quote, my team followed the game plan and played with confidence. We deserve this result. Max, they certainly deserved the result. They had a game plan. It was a difficult first half, but basically it was a tale of two halves and they showed their confidence. They showed their game and they followed his game plan, I guess, because the second half they scored three goals. And I'm still mad at Mitrovic because I predicted 2-0 Max. So, again, I'm just kidding on that. But I'm very happy with this victory, and we deserved all three points, Max. Your opening thoughts? Yeah, without a doubt. I think the contrast between that first half when we were really just completely under the cosh. They hit the bar. Reem had that superb challenge. Uh, they had a goal ruled off for a clear foul. But the story of that first half was we just were riding our luck. But – in the end, it paid off because we held we had resolutely defensively. We didn't let them, we didn't concede, and to start off that second half in the way we did with those two goals in the first ten minutes just was superb for us. And at times in that second half, when it was clear that we won the match, when we were three 0 up and we're just passing them around the ball for fun, or laying at the den, you know those are the kind of moments you remember in many years' time. The same as the way it is. Uh, three nil up, just humiliating, silencing all the Millwall supporters who made a really big fuss before the match about how they'd make the Dan a hostile place for Fulham to go. They'd end our unbeaten run, and to run out three nil winners, and completely play them off the pitch second half. Absolutely, uh, there are, there are a few moments like that, and it's crazy to think there's only two matches left um, in the regular season in the forty six match championship season. It's remarkable. It's, the season season seems to have flown by. It has. It is one of the best seasons in recent memory. Um, And this win, I think, just sums it all up for me. Okay, excellent there, Max. And Giannis, over to you. I want to share this, that uh, we have a a group DM, and in halftime, you were very confident, my friend, that we could turn it around. I I was feeling not as confident as you. I saw your tweet, and others were commenting on it in this uh, private DM group that we have amongst the co-hosts. So, Share with me your thoughts on this match, and let's talk about what was going through your mind at halftime. You felt this was going to happen. Yeah, I did. It was. It was. It was the, the first half was exactly as I predicted. I mean, I've never been to the new den, but I, I've been to many games at the old den, and I understand it's as intimidating as as uh, the old den was. And so you knew it was a good. It was a full house, and they were going to come at us at one hundred seventy-five thousand miles an hour, and they were going to create chances, and we were going to hold on by the skin of our teeth. But there's a pattern that has emerged over this 22-game unbeaten stretch. For many of the games, we have felt our way in the first half and we've absorbed pressure and we've quietly played. And in the second half, Slava's made adjustments, he's made his team talks, and we've come out like gangbusters. I said before the game we'd win down there, I had, I had 100% confidence. The first half played out exactly the way I thought it would. Um, there were people at half-time and, and this is what I've got to admit pisses me off. All, all the fans who, you know, bandwagon wagon jumpers moaning about the way we're getting battered, 
that we're being unlucky and da 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 and get rid of Piazon and, and no 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 no. You know Piazon was out there for a reason. Um, as were the, the other ten on, on, on the pitch. He's had a, f- a couple of words at half time. He said a couple of things. We've come out and within a minute we've bloody well scored. And um, you know I'd said in the Facebook page that you know I'm 52. I I've never ever seen a, a team that works as hard as as these players do for Slava. They yeah. love this man. They love this manager, and they're doing everything they can to get wins. It's it's incredible. And I've seen some great managers for this club, but Slava, he seems to, you know, he, he commands this this war this you know war mentality. And for us to do what we did, I, I wasn't surprised. I, I predicted one nothing. Uh, I'm surprised we got the three, but it's a magnificent win. But it, it's it's testament to the run we've had and the job that Slavers had. We, we'll all talk about the players, Russ and Max. We yep. will, and they've been magnificent. But Slaver and the coaches, what a what a job they've done. Um, and really, now Warnock's got Manager of the Year. But I no, for me, it's it's Slaver because he has. He's just, he's turned us into a, just a a machine. And you know what? Just to flip the switch a bit, um, Harris has yes. done a magnificent job for Millwall. And I'd said way back when they were playing well, 17 games unbeaten, you know, titanic tussle. But in the end, we had just too much class, too much savvy. Um, so it was a win I thought we'd get, uh, but uh, it was magnificent nonetheless. Absolutely, Yanis. And uh, when we, switch from the first half to the second half. I want to go to you because I want to get your thoughts, what you thought happened between the halves. What was said? What do you think what was said that made them turn the switch? Because they certainly did. It was a tale of two halves. And I'll go to you when we go in between the halves there, my friend. All right, let's now just talk about the starting 11, the 18 overall. Giannis, I'll go to you. Thoughts? Um, no complaints. I, I know that a lot of fans would would have questioned having Piaz on. But um, he's got, you know, I've complained about Floyd Aite, um, that Slava has, you know, and I think every manager has a has a player where you go, oh, you know, what are they doing in there? I mean, I'm not I'm not the greatest fan of, of uh, Aite, but I do like Piazon. He's subtle and he does create spaces. He's not the quickest, but sometimes as Fulham fans, we have to be appreciative of the players that have got the little skill that maybe won't run through the walls, but do little things and make a difference. You know, I remember when, obviously, George Best played for a 77-78. But we had players like Berbatov, who, you know, incredible. Even players like Brian Ruiz, who looked labouring and looked like they weren't doing a lot. But, but you know, there were different types of players who excelled in other leagues. Piazon is, Piazon a, a, is, is on that level, not the talent level, but that he offers something yeah. that, yeah, that's that right. others can't see. Yeah, absolutely right. Not that I wouldn't have started Cabano. I mean, I, I love nice games. But, but Piazon is a smart and clever player. And at half time, all the fans on Twitter go, get, get him off, get him off. And I said, no, keep him on to at least the hour mark. Because you know that he'd have said something to him at half time and you know you'd have got a reaction. And I'm sure he did because we did. And uh, we second half, he probably didn't raise his voice. He probably said, okay, move the ball quicker. They're a big back four. They're strong in the midfield, although I was really surprised Tunnicliffe didn't start for them. Um, they're strong in midfield, move the ball quicker, work with combinations, get their centre-backs having to move their feet. And let's see if we can have a go at Archer because, you know, he's a, he's a nice young keeper, but 
he's susceptible. He, although he's been very good in that run, and uh, we came out, and that was the end. T- two goals in eleven minutes. Yeah, so crazy. brilliant coaching. It, it really was. And it's funny, Giannis, because they could have scored again right after the uh, Sessignon goal. Uh, Stefan Johansson had a great chance, but he just yes, he it. should have put that away. Um, I thought Sessignon got there. that move, but he put it out of the way. I'm sorry, he, what was he, that, um, Giannis? Yeah, they got, they got confused in the move because it, because Sessignon backed off. And Johansson took the shot, and and I'd have been disappointed if I was Steph Joe with that yeah. effort. He really should have put it away. Definitely, Max. Your thoughts on the eleven and the eighteen? Talking yeah. point tends to be Piazon. So your thoughts? It, it was that rare occasion where I actually got the starting eleven correct from what I predicted. You did the previous night, so I was pleased about that. But yeah, I think Piazon did exactly um, what he was supposed to do. In that first half, I think a, a lot of the film players were possibly off the pace. So I think it was unfair to see people singling him out um, on social media. And in that second half, exactly what Giannis said, he stepped up his game. Um, but I actually think that it was less his skill that, that did it rather than his, his work rate in that second half. You know, there are numerous occasions when we lost the ball back in attacking positions. And whether it was Piazone, Mitrovic, or anyone else, we won it right back. And I think that was what most impressed me about the change in our performance was that we had that willingness to go win the ball back in, in their final third, which just gave us more chances to attack them. Um, Piazone, for me, when he, when he got subbed off, you could see the passion, how much it meant to him. Um, I think that was a difference maker uh, for his performance as well. And I think the starting 11, you know, you, we have to appreciate again. I think it often gets overlooked because it seems like second nature now. But the Adoy Reem partnership, how well is it done? I think we need to give them a lot of credit considering the run we've been on recently. Um, I mean, we've kept four clean sheets in our last five uh, without whatever and kind of thought was our first choice center back pairing of Thomas Callis and Tim Ream. So I'm going to give uh, this little tribute to Dennis Adoy because he has been superb when he's come in. And I think that often gets overlooked. Okay. Excellent there, Max. All right. Let's get into the first half. And uh, as expected, I, I thought Millwall would come out strong. They certainly did. And, Let's start off in the third minute. You have uh, Cooper hitting the bar, and uh, actually it was uh, tipped on the bar by Marcus Bettinelli, and then the follow-up, he makes another save. Then, guys, we're going to go right to the disallowed goal. I want your thoughts on this because I've seen a good amount on this on social media, especially from the Millwall supporters talking about this. They don't understand why this goal was disallowed. I've seen some others do understand. I've seen some say it was 50-50. I've now seen the replay of this several times. Target was fouled. I think that it was the right call. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this because this has been a, a huge talking point for Millwall supporters. What I've seen, I don't understand it because this should have been a disallowed goal. Do you agree with the call? Absolutely. Absolutely. What was he climbing? The lad climbing a ladder. I mean, it was it, it, it was so. It was. I mean, hey, nice finish. Don't get me wrong, but but you, you and I don't think enough of those calls are made actually i really don't and um i think that you know the um i think the referee's assistants don't do a good job of recognizing that those infractions in the box and to me it was clear and uh to me it had to be given as a free kick it was it was it was a no, no-brainer for me okay excellent all right guys let's just uh, go a little bit further on and just mention a, a couple of situations for film you have the header by mitrovic in the 21st minute that just goes over, and then the 27th minute target shot just goes wide. 
Max, I'm going to go to you. In the 29th minute, you have the situation that ends with Tim Ream clearing the ball off the line. Let's talk about this whole situation with Bettinelli and Ream. Your thoughts. Ream really saved Fulham here. Yeah, I mean, when Mill looked most dangerous in that first half, it was when they were whipping balls in uh, from the wings, and they were beating us to the first balls in the air. Bettinelli looked unsure. And in this situation, he was very shaky. He got a hand to it, but really palmed it right down uh, to the mobile player. But, I mean, this has to be one of the, the moments of the season, I think, from Tim Ream. We've seen it time and time again. Um, and Ben Nelly did it against Leeds just a couple weeks ago when you had these kind of defensive turning points uh, that keep the score nil-nil and then allow us to go and win the match um, and keep a clean sheet while we're at it. Because Tim Ream comes back in a superb defensive position He's nowhere near the ball um, when, when Benelli kind of palms it out, but he makes that great sprint to the near post. And I think when, I, I think when everyone saw that strike come in, we thought, oh, no, you know, it's going to be 1-0. Benelli's out of position. But Reem yeah. with a brilliant slide. Unbelievable. Uh, he, he clatters into the post, but he just sacrifices his body to clear the ball away. That's, that's one of the moments of the season for me. Full credit to Tim Reem. That was superb. Okay, excellent, Max. Just going to talk about a couple – more opportunities, both by Matt Target in the 30th minute. It was more of a cross that saved by the goalkeeper. And then in the second minute of the stoppage time, his uh, shot hits the crossbar. Good opportunity to end the half. But before we talk about the second half, I just want to get both of your overall views of, of the first half. And I definitely want to give Millwall a good amount of credit because I, I thought they were the better team. And Giannis, I want to go to you. What what was Millwall doing that was giving Fulham so many problems? Was this more to do with Millwall, or were Fulham just not at the races in the first half? I think it was a bit of both. Um, you know, as I said, the, them feeling their way into the uh, to the game, and, and, and Millwall were really up for this. This was like a cup final, and of course, here we go again. It's the London derby, and, and um, you know, playing, that's the biggest crowd they've had at home this year, and... Uh, they were buoyed by the support. They were very vocal, and they they gave it everything they had. They had to score early. You know, if they scored early, we, we might have been in a bit of trouble. But they, the longer the game went on in the first half, the more you you started to see a little bit of frustration there. And as long as we got the half time, you know, level, I felt we were going to be fine. But they were first to the ball. They were good in the air. The challenges were meaty. They were getting crosses in from both sides. They were testing us out. I mean, the one where uh, Ream cleared off the line, which was absolutely magnificent, better than any, yeah. very few errors. He was flapping there. But that's why you've got defensive cover on the lines. And he was there to mop up. It was great. He'd probably say to you, well, that's what I'm supposed to do as a centre-back, if anything goes. So that was really good defensive shape. Um, but they worked very, very hard in the um, Millwall, and they were direct, and they were, they were aggressive. And, but it's, as I said before, it's nothing that we didn't, didn't see, see coming. Okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, Millwall did everything, I think, that would have rattled us in that first half. You know, by pressing high up the pitch, they, they denied our normal outlet, outlet ball. So on numerous occasions, you had Ben Nelly receiving the ball to his feet, looking up for Fredericks, seeing him covered and really forced to you know, lump it over his head and out for throwing or just kind of up the pitch. And when you disrupt, you know, our normal kind of passing out the back, that creates a lot of problems for us. We saw that against Brentford. We saw Bristol City do it earlier. Um, we saw Sheffield United even do it in the first half of our match against them recently. So teams know how to unsettle us. But I think in the end, it all kind of plays into our hands uh, in, in the long run because 
that leaves them in the second half tired. Once they're chasing the ball around, they can't touch it anymore. And then that gives us those late goals and that second half push. So although I think we were massively under the cosh uh, in, in that first 45 minutes, the fact that we got out of there with nil-nil really putting us in a very good position to succeed in the second half. Uh, and that's where I really agree with Giannis is in that that was the game plan. We knew we kind of soak up pressure. And then by the second 45, we'd have fresher legs and yeah, we'd really outclass them. Yeah. It's very interesting that you said that, Max, because I've seen some commentary from Millwall supporters talking about running out of steam after the first 45 minutes. And I think there's something to that. You talked about in the preview show, tiring them out again. I think that's all part of how everything played out. If Fulham could get to the half with the score being what it was, nil-nil, they were going to be in decent shape. And to Giannis's point, he believed it at halftime because that's how he thought this was going to play out based on the two teams, based on how they played, that over a course of time, we could tire them out. And you were 100% right, my friend, because that's what happened in the second half. And let's uh, transition the second half. But, Yanis, I want to go back to you. You've already talked a little bit about this. And I saw an interview on Sky Sports with Slavisa. He downplayed what he said at halftime. He he made it sound like, I'm paraphrasing, that it wasn't a big deal. But what do you think he told him? You said you think that he just talked about the passing just to try to do everything faster? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. And and he might have, um, he might, he might have been a little cross in terms of uh, – we seem to be a little bit tepid in some of our challenges. And, you know, he'd have warned them before the game this was going to be a hostile atmosphere and uh, we needed to be up for the fight. Um, what I do like about Slava is that in the post-match conferences, he's very, very low-key. And, um, yes. you know, it's, it's almost it's almost matter-of-fact. And he always talks about the next game and the importance of that. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get too high when we win. He doesn't get too low when we lose. Um, he'd have had a ch- chat with Piazon. And he'd have had a chat in terms of trying to move the ball a little bit quicker. Um, and as I said, the combinations, try and get the fullbacks involved. And, um, you know, it, it, um, he wouldn't have thrown hair dryers. He'd have been very, very quiet, said, stick to the game plan. This is what we thought would happen. Now let's go out and let's, let's play a little bit more freely because the, the lads in the other dressing room will feel they should have been a goal up and they're going to be sitting there frustrated going, how the hell have we not taken the lead? Because we've had all this possession, and now we know we can put, we can we can we can uh, we can take them apart. So um, he would, um, you know, he, if you look at him, I mean, you look at his body language on the sidelines. Didn't look animated, you know. Just la di da. We're doing our job. Yep. Um, he'd been concerned a little bit with the passing in terms of how quick we move the, the ball. If you look at the goal, the replay of the third goal we scored. In terms of the, the, the speed of passing, it completely befuddled Millwall and unlocked them, sliced them open, and and that's what we needed to do in the first half. But to be fair, Millwall came out gang, gangbusters, um, and um, we needed to tie them out a bit. And once we did, we did some damage. Absolutely, and let's talk about the second half because I truly believe the second half was all about Fulham, and uh, what I'm going to read really is about what Fulham did to Millwall. And Giannis, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about the goal. It happened so fast in the first minute to start the second half. It starts with a shot by Mitrovic. And Sessegnon does what Sessegnon does, my friend. He falls it up and scores. Let's talk about the goal. This had to be deflating for Millwall. Um, 
if you don't take the shot, you don't have a chance. And, and you know, I've looked at the replay several times. It, 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 I, I don't believe Mitrovic thought he was going to score. I think he's figured. Do you think we're just like, testing him? Yeah, I, yeah. let's just get a, a ball that's going to bounce in front. Archer will be very disappointed with that goal because um, it's not so much the fact that he didn't save it. It's it's the rebound. He'll, be, he'll look at that and go, should the rebound go, go that far? I also thought, Actually, I also thought um, that Romeo made a mistake there because when the, the rebound came out, instead of challenging Sessegnon because he had the angle, he decided to go in and cover. And that was the wrong move because that gave Sess the, the gap to hit it. And luckily, of course, it went through Archer's legs. But I think the save, you know, the save was a difficult one, but the rebound was the problem. Um, but it was done so quickly. And uh, clever, um, you know, credit to Mitro because he's taken the shot. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And Sess has done the right thing following up with his speed, and it's in the back of the net. Yeah. And it changes the match just like that, Giannis. And we saw this in the Wolves match. You see yeah. Sessner just come flying in. And I, I know you're talking about the defender, Romeo, there, but uh, he just blew right by him. And next yeah, thing you know, the ball's in the back of the net, and it changes from that point on. And then, of course, Fulham then are on the front foot. You have the opportunity from Johansson that we talked about that just goes wide. It was a bad shot from Stefan, and he probably knows that at this point because it should have been 2-0 at that point. And then shortly after that, in the 53rd minute, you have the shot from Kearney that goes over. One minute later, you have another shot by Ryan Sessnion, and then... We're going to go right to the goal. Max, I'll give you the uh, pleasure of talking about the goal from Kevin McDonald. I didn't see this coming. I didn't think he was going to shoot it. He takes a shot from distance, and it goes in the back of the net. Your thoughts on the goal by Kevin McDonald making a 2-0? What a strike. I mean, possibly goal of the season material here from Kevin McDonald. He collects the ball so far from goal, but his first touch, his first touch really sets his entire goal up. He leaves a Millwall defender just slipping on the ground completely in his dust. And I think that, when Ken McDonald sees, he's just on that great bit of skill, leaving the defender floored. I think that's what gives him the confidence to have a strike. Because he's not known for his long-range striking. His two other goals this season have come off, off his backside against Leeds and that mad scramble um, against Barnsley. So he's not a prolific goal scorer. He's not a prolific finisher by any means. When he sees that move, uh, leave the defender helpless, he just thinks I'm going to have a pop here. And what a strike it was from around 30 yards out, right-footed curling, um, airing to that top left-hand corner. The keeper gets a hand to it. And I heard people criticizing the keeper, but all credit has to go to Kevin McDonald here. It was a laser. It was a thunderbolt. Uh, and that was one of the best moments of the match, just seeing him almost as surprised as the fans were, wheeling away in celebration. Um, for the they second goal in 10 minutes. Did you see that, Max? At the <laughs> yeah, end, they jump on top of Kevin McDonald. <laughs> I think the players and everyone, it's just a great moment to see a, a player that normally score belters score an absolute firecracker. I mean, what a, what a strike that was. Take a bass on. Absolutely. All right, let's go a little bit further into the match. Want to talk about uh, after that, you have a shot by Sessnion in the 63rd minute. Then you have an opportunity. This is the one opportunity I'm going to talk about for Millwall, the shot by Williams, but it really wasn't that difficult for uh, Marcus Bettinelli. He handled that. And then a few minutes later in the 76th minute, you have a shot by Lucas Piazon. 
And then let's talk about shortly after that, you have Tomas Kalas coming on from Lucas Piazon, and Kalas plays a role in a little bit. Then you have another shot by Sessignon in the 84th minute that just goes wide. Sessignon was playing like he wanted to get that second goal for himself, and uh, he thought he had a good second half. All right, Giannis, I'm going to go to you for this moment. Let's talk about what happened in the 86th minute. I'm going to ask you, I, I'm, I've always been a fan of uh, Tim Cahill, but what he did in this match, I just can't understand because I haven't seen this from him. His challenge on Ryan Fredericks and then later on Kearney I, were both bad, but the one on Fredericks, why was this not a red card? Um, I actually think... I actually think this was good refereeing. And, okay. And, and I, 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 yeah, and I'm going to explain why. Um, the challenge by uh, Cahill was disgusting, and, and I'm very disappointed because I've always been a really big fan of his. So have I. Tremendous career, uh, both um, with club and country. It was a horrible challenge, but if you if you watch the the tape, about six or seven seconds later, Mitro got him back. Mitro stiff-armed him. If you play the tape back, Mitro saw what happened. The ref has pointed play on, and he caught him. He, he, he stiff-armed him. And I think the ref, has got, the ref could have given Mitro a yellow. It was very it – was, it was Andre Mariner did a very clever thing. I think had Mitro not given him the stiff arm, he might have got the red. But he exacted the red. If you, let's play the tape back and see what happened. I thought it was hilarious because obviously Mitro had watched it. And it was a horrible challenge. But yeah. as he comes across, Mitro catches him on the way through. So I thought, I thought, I thought that, was, that was, he's obviously sized at his mind. Okay, it was a horrible challenge. I can give him the red, but Mitro's just hit him. He's going to have a sore jaw in the morning. So, and, and to be fair to Cahill, he didn't go back at Mitro, right? What's he going to say? Boo-hoo, you just hit me. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was a horrible challenge, yeah. And really, I mean, it was born out of frustration. Cahill's not been playing that much for Millwall. I was sort of um, intrigued when Millwall brought him back, and I think they probably did that for the, for his leadership. Um, you know, he's done okay for them, but there was no need for it. It was, it was no. you know, out of order. But as I said, if you look at the video, uh, as soon as as soon as that challenge is done, and he runs away, and see what happens to him, and Mitri, and that's why Mitri, you got to love him. I mean, honestly, talk about team man. He sees that and goes, well, you're not doing that, one of my players. You're not doing that, Ryan. I'll have you. So I think that the challenge was disgusting. I'm not going to endorse what Mitro did, but I thought Andre Mariner did the right thing because we still exacted a bit of revenge on, on Cahill via Mitrovic. I thought it was, it was the right thing to do. Okay. And then, of course, he had the challenge on uh, Kearney as well. All right, over to you, Max. I'm going to give you the honors. Again, you get to talk about another goal. And this one came from a run from Tomas Kallis. I'm watching this. I'm like, where is he going? And uh, because, of, of course, Max, I'm talking about, I'm thinking, I'm going to get the 2-0 right. I'm, I'm going to get another prediction right. <laughs> and uh, Tomas Kallis says, no, Russ, you're not going to get this right. He passes it to Alexander Mitrovic, and he puts in the back of that. And honestly, I was very happy that Mitrovic scored and just put the end to this match. Talk about the goal, my friend. Yeah, I think Callis had all that pent-up frustration for me, drops the bench, <laughs> losing his first team spot. says, listen, I have to show Slavisa something about me that he doesn't know before. He knows I'm a defender. Let's show him I can play like Messi. 
and then right up the middle of the pitch. And yeah. his, the acceleration was superb. He sliced it open. And then to have the wherewithal to slot in Mitrovic. I, I think you see the situations a lot when a center back makes a run forward. They get really excited. They're like, wow, I'm going to attack the position. And they have a wild strike from 25 yards out that goes in Rosie or whatever. But he, Kalaf had the, the amazing composure to slip in Mitrovic. And what a through ball it was. It's perfectly weighted. He takes one touch, Mitrovic. And what a confident finish that was. Side-footed, curled in the top left-hand corner, but also smashed at the same time. It was a really clever, clever finish. Um, and that is a definition of the icing on the cake. Uh, everyone runs to that far corner to celebrate with him. He does a classic, you know, shooting his gun celebration and 3-0. It, it was a perfect end to the day. Um, and that really just started the party uh, a little bit early. Okay, excellent there, my friend. And uh, the match ends 3-0, and uh, Fulham get all three points, thankfully. And uh, like I keep talking about, it was a tale of two halves, but the second half was all about Fulham. And uh, I don't think even the Millwall supporters can deny that because uh, Fulham took it to him. And to Max's point that he said in the preview show we're talking about now, they really tired them out. They did run out of steam, as I've heard from some Millwall supporters and on some YouTube channels, and I've seen some video in it. But that has to do with how Fulham played. Eventually, Fulham's talent, as you said, Giannis, uh, went out here. Their talent, the way they play, it all it all ended the way that it, yeah, I, I'd hoped it would with uh, someone like Mitrovic and the other players that we had. I thought they would be the difference. I said Mitrovic would be the difference, but it was really a, a team effort. It wasn't just him. We just have more talent than this team, and our style just did them in in the end. They They had the better first half but we had the better second half when it really counted and we scored the goals. All right, guys, let's now move to the stats and let's see what they tell us about this match. Let's start with possession. This isn't going to be a surprise. Fulham had 67% to 33% for Millwall. This one actually surprised me. Total shots, guys. 17-7 to 7 in favor of Fulham. Shots on target, 5-4 to 4 in favor of Fulham. Corners in favor of Millwall, 2-1. to 1. Crosses, 19-8. to 8 in favor of Millwall. Tackles, 11-9 in favor of Millwall. Attempted passes, 563-264 to in favor of Fulham. <laughs> Attacking passes, which is always a good stat to look at, 279-97 to in favor of Fulham. Passing accuracy, this is a key stat for Fulham always. 83% for Fulham, 62% for Millwall. Aerial duels, even. 22 apiece, that one's shocking. Fouls, 17 for Millwall, 8 for Fulham. Giannis, I'll go to you first. What stands out to you from the full-time stats? Uh, well, apart from the final score, which is always a good... Which is always a good... Yeah, we love that. Um, possession, I mean, 2 to 1. Uh, shots on targets, uh, well, shots, total shots 17 to 7. is pretty dominant. Um, you know, in the end of the day, the, the better team won. Um, Credit to Millwall. I mean, they've they've been on a, on a fantastic run, and uh, they've got such a small budget. And for Neil Harris to do what he's done has been miraculous. But he came up against a team yesterday that just had too many, too much quality, too much speed in too many areas. He and actually the, mentioned that he gave form credit after the match. Yeah, and that's fair enough. It, it you know the cream rises to the top and. There, Millwall are a tough side to play. I mean, that one nothing win early at the cottage, I thought we maybe have been a little bit fortunate in that one. 
Um, but the, this one. No, but that was before our run. That was before. I mean, if you'd said to me, we've, I'm sure we've all had a good giggle at this. If you'd said to me that our next game against Sunderland is the team that we lost <laughs> last year, uh, I'd have probably, How unbelievable is that? It's ridiculous. It is absolutely. It has been, and I think one game might stand out in this whole run, and it's still etched in my mind. It was the win down at Cardiff because it was um, it was such a good victory, and we we really pummeled them, and um, it's just it's just gone from strength to strength. Interestingly enough, Sunderland are winning right now in the battle of the the the, the, the bottom dwellers. Um, and that's that is massive because it actually, if Sunderland win, they've actually got, a, you know, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So it'll give them something to play for when they come down to the cottage. But I think right now, I mean, with Derby, with um, Cardiff playing two games upcoming before we play Sunderland, it's going to be a cracking game. And, um, you know, um, it'll be the same sort of thing. I mean, they really don't. I don't think Sunderland have anything to answer answer us with. So we're going. I believe we'll beat them. Um, but um, a dominant performance overall against Mill. And it, despite the first half, you know, I, I had full confidence we'd get the points, and we did in the end. Okay, excellent, there, Giannis. Max, over to you. What do you get from the full time stats? I always love when you read these things out, and we just see how just dominant Fulham more in terms of attacking passes, pass accuracy, total passes. And it's a joke that Milne didn't even complete 100 attack, attacking passes. We completed, you know, almost three times their, their total, which is just remarkable. It says it all about, you know, the team's level of ambition, level of quality. And I made this point um, on Twitter after the match, just the gap in quality was so glaringly obvious in that second half when they ran away with it. And it made me think, how has a team like this not really been found out in the 17-match winning run? Obviously, they have a very good style of play, and when they stick to it, they're very successful. But how come no team has just taught them a footballing lesson like we did in that second half? And, you know, I guess the answer is, you know, no team really possesses the quality that Fulham has. So that, that, that's just another way to look at it. Um, and the shots as well. You know, even though we were under the caution that first half, we still dominated uh, the shots. So... You know, fair credit to Fulham. Um, another match where we dominated possession, shots, attacking, stats, and uh, run out 3-0 winners. And another thing I'd like to mention um, about the statistics that we didn't talk about is the clean sheet. Yeah. We talk a lot about the attacking um, plaudits of Fulham, and that is entirely with merit because we are one of the best attacking teams in the league. I think we scored the second most goals. But our defense in this run has picked up superbly. Ever since we came off the international break, we conceded one goal in those six matches. And that was against Brentford last week in the 94th minute. Only one goal in our past six, six matches. That is, that's superb form. And I think full credit has to go to the back four. Absolutely. Great point there, Max. All right. Let's um, move on. Let's now look at player ratings. I'm going to mention that from Ryan O'Donovan on Get West London. This is what he rated the players at. Let's start with Marcus Bettinelli. Max, I'll go to you first. If you agree or disagree with his rating, he gives Bettinelli an eight, and this is what he said. Brilliant save early on to deny the home side. Comfortable evening and goal. Pulling off some good saves. Agree or disagree with eight for Marcus Bettinelli? I might go a little bit lower, seven and a half or seven, just because I think he was really shaky. 
in that opening half. He did not inspire a lot of confidence in the back four, and especially his distribution was really inconsistent. So for that reason, I'd probably give him a seven, but you're right. Uh, the safe he had in that first half to touch onto the bar was superb, and he did keep the clean sheet. So it was a good performance, and he really recovered well after a first half of being to do a lot, a lot to do to keep out mobile. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Marcus Bettinelli in eight. Do you agree? Um, no, I agree with Max seven and a half. That, that uh, clearance off the right, the line by Ream, he came flapping a little bit. But you know what? Um, I'm going to go back to that change earlier in the season when Button was taken out of the lineup and Bet put in. Just it's, It makes a massive difference when you have a keeper playing behind you that you have confidence in. And um, yesterday, I don't think yesterday was necessarily one of his best games, but he's still pretty sure at the back and kept the clean sheet, so you can't argue with that. So I think seven and a half is just about right. Okay. Right back to you, Giannis. I'm now going to give you Ryan Fredericks and Matt Target. Fredericks, he gives an eight. This is what he says. Full of energy. Right back was a constant threat on the attack down the right. Target also gets an eight. This is what he says. Found space down the left and played well defensively and in attack. A good display from the lone man. Once again, who looked confident once more. Agree or disagree with eight for the fullbacks? I had no, no, no complaints. No complaints there. Target had that shot just before half time that clipped the top of the crossbar. I thought they were very, very solid. Um, no complaints. They both had very good games. Okay, excellent. Max? Yeah, superb. I mean, eights, uh, I think, is a very good description of the way they played. Target, especially for me. He was our most dangerous attacking threat in that first half, which I think says a lot. Almost scored with that superb long-range effort. And Fredericks, again, so confident in defense and also very bright going forward. I think our fullbacks really deserve those ratings. Uh, another really well-played match by them. Okay, excellent. Max, I'm going to go right back to you. Now we're going to talk about the center-back pairing. Let's start with Tim Ream. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a nine. Stunning goal line clearance to deny Millwall, which turned out to be huge. Another great game from the American. Adoy, an eight. Struggled with the early Millwall aerial presence, but grew into the game and looked solid in defense. You've already talked about Adoy. So do you agree with these ratings for Reem and Adoy? Yeah, I think I would agree. Uh, Reem, perhaps man of the match in this game yet again. That goal line clearance, if we don't have a defender of the quality of Reem on that position, then I think it's 1-0 Millwall. So I think a lot of credit has to go to Reem for saving this match for us, uh, as he's done so many times over the season. Could perhaps be our player of the season. A lot of fans have been speculating. He's so integral to everything we've been doing. <clears throat> and I think a nine is a very fair rating for him. And as well as a door, I think eight's also um, a good one. He's slotted in seamlessly. And the fact that he's keeping Thomas Collins out of the side says a lot about his performances. Very good point there, my friend. Over to you, Giannis. Your thoughts. Do you agree with the ratings? Yeah, I do. Um, Reem, I, 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 Reem gets nine, and he wasn't my man of the match. Um, but that's He's just not something. mine either, actually. Yeah. Go ahead. But he was, he was, uh, that clearance was absolutely magnificent. And he's been, you know, I'm not so sure. I, I'm not sure how you argue, how one argues that he's not player of the season. I, he's just been, he has, uh, ever since that lull after the, the, and I hate to bring it up, of course, but the the U.S. Um, Trinidad game, he has been on, on oh Beckenbauer. Giannis, like. Giannis, Giannis, too I, I, too I know, I know. What are you doing, mate? But yeah, but he's been Beckenbauer like. 
I mean, I, I, that's the yeah. only way I can describe it. And Adoy, you know, when, when Callis got sent off against Reading, um, Adoy has done a really, you know, a great job in terms of filling in. And, and he deserves, he's there by right. And again, yesterday he's very solid. He's very good in the air and he's brave and he, and he puts everything in for the cause. And um, they've turned into a, a very good centre-back pairing. So the 9 and 8 from Ryan, um, the, the ratings I absolutely agree with. Okay. Let's now talk about the midfield three, Giannis. Here is what Ryan O'Donovan had to say about them. Let's start with Kevin McDonald. I'll just say right now, he's my man of the match. This is what Ryan O'Donovan had to say. Nine, dominant display in the first 45 minutes and was key to keeping the scores level. Stunning strike to make it two. He gave Stefan Johansson a seven. A decent performance. We'll feel he should have scored when the score was 1-0. I agree with Ryan on that. Ryan gives Kearney a nine, was battered in the middle of the park for the first 20 minutes, but started to dictate the tie as the half progressed. A joy to watch this evening as he committed the midfield. Okay, Giannis, do you agree or disagree with these ratings? Uh, I agree with Steph Jones, seven, one of his quieter games. Uh, I agree with the Kearney nine. I thought he was, you know, he dictated the play in the, in the second half. K-Mac gets a 10. Um, he, he just, he was an absolute tower. Phenomenal. Yeah, when you, they were they were more, more the lions were mauling us, and then um, second half it's not just that goal which I still think now having seen the replays I still think Archer would want that back. He's I mean he's absolutely walloped it, but could he get a strike? Could he have got a hand? Oh, yes, it, I think he'd want that. I think he'd want that back, back. But hey, he hit it on the rise, so he was going at speed. But it just defensive cover, just his tenacity, communication. He was absolutely magnificent. He's quietly done his job, and um, he was immense yesterday. And that's why it, it's with the lineup. I said the Millwall lineup. I was surprised Tunnicliffe didn't start. I would have put Tunnicliffe in there, match him up against K Mac, former Fulham player. You know he's going to be tenacious. You know he's going to be aggressive. He'd have been up for the game. You know that. I thought Harris missed a, a beat there. I thought that I thought that was a mistake in his part. You had Hutchison, obviously, or Fulham boy at the back. Right. But I'd have put Tunney in. Um, oh, I actually happen to like as a player, and has played and has played well for Millwall this year. Um, but nonetheless, d- doesn't matter. I'm not Neil Harris. Um, Mac-, Mac was sensational, so for for him, I have to disagree. With Ryan, he gets a ten for me. Okay, and uh, you've already mentioned Johansson and and Kearney, seven You nine, agree? Yeah, seven and nine, absolutely. Okay. Over to you, Max, your thoughts on, on these ratings. One thing I want to mention about McDonald. You and I talked about this in the preview show. He did not play when the teams played the first time and I thought he would make a difference and he made a huge difference in this match. Do you agree with the ratings? <clears throat> yeah, you were certainly right with that. He is perhaps man of the match um, in, the, in this game, a, a nine and a half, ten. I think those are probably the ratings I'd give him considering how immense he was in his defensive capabilities. Numerous times in that first half when he cut out really dangerous through balls that looked to unlock the middle of all attackers. He was a constant in that uh, sitting right in front of the back four and then, of course, the attacking contribution. That's kind of one in a million from Kevin Millwall, but what a strike it was. I'm still watching the replay of that today, and it still brings a smile to my face. Um, and Kenny, again, I, he was my key player for the match in the preview show. I said he had to be on his game and controlling the tempo if Fulham were to succeed. And second half, he really did that to the point where, you know, Millwall players had to resort to just kicking him because he was just so far above their level. They could not play normal football with him. It's had to turn to almost rugby at times. So that was uh, 
really nice to see from Tom. And Stephen Johansson, I mean, he, he probably has the unenviable role of being the, uh, the, the worst performer in this midfield three. But even that is, is not saying anything because sure. I think he's still had a very solid match. Um, would have liked to score, as you guys mentioned. But apart from that, I think a seven is very fair. He played well, but you know, not as well as two other partners. Okay, excellent, Max. All right, let's talk about now Lucas Piazon, Ryan Sessegnon, and Alexander Mitrovic. And I'll just share what Ryan said about all three of them. This is what Ryan had to say about Piazon. He gives him a six, struggled to get into the game at all in the first half, had a better second 45, but it wasn't his best performance. Sessegnon gives an eight, found space down the left and caused problems for Millwall, but without really threatening the keeper. Fantastic reading of the game to grab the goal. Mitrovic, he gives an eight as well, cut a lonely figure in the first half as Millwall starved him of service. His hold-up play in the second half was fantastic, and Millwall really struggled to deal with it. Great finish to make it three. So just to go back, Piazon gets a six, Sessegnon an eight, and Mitrovic an eight. Do you agree or disagree with these ratings? I just want to say I think he's been a little bit harsh on Lucas Piazon. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for me, Piazon should get a seven and a half, eight range, considering how integral he was to our second half performance when he's chasing down balls. That's uh, what I'm had, talking about. Yeah, exactly. He had a really nice interplay with Kennedy and Mitrovic at times. Something mm-hmm. a six is probably a bit harsh. Sessignon, I'd give him an eight and a half, just considering he scored the winner. You know, he scored that first goal for us. And we talk about his reading of the game. I've never seen anything like Fantastic. it. Fantastic. I mean, a player, unbelievable. A professional. Let alone to see that from a 17-year-old. It's, you're right. It's completely unbelievable. And he always, you know, the reason I like Brian Session, the reason he's my favorite player, is because he's just like me. He's an optimist. In order to get him <laughs> to score that goal, he has to believe the ball is going to end up in that position. And I watched a great camera angle of it, I think, from pitch side, of Session's movement in the lead-up to his first goal. And you see, he starts running almost well before Mitrich takes a strike. He anticipates superbly that the ball is going to be struck and the keeper is going to push it out to his side. And once he's in that position, it's easy to score for him. It's just a simple finish through the legs of the keeper. For Sessegnon, that's become second nature. Yep. So I, I'd give him perhaps eight and a half for that, just solely for his great reading of the game, great intelligence. Um, and that's almost his best trait. And Mitrovic, again, scored a fantastic goal. Eight is a really good rating. A lot of times in this match, he really got down and dirty in the defensive work, won the ball back, a good combination with his other attackers, and the finish was, again, faultless. Uh, how many goals has he scored for us? I think it's 10. Now 11, yeah, perhaps. Great. Superb. Uh, turning out to be one of the signs of the season. And you know it's a good match when you go through all 11 players, and superb is the one word I think we always have to, when it first <laughs> jumps to my mind, I can't think of one player yeah. who didn't perform last night. That's great, my friend. It really is. Over to you, Giannis. Your thoughts on these three ratings. I just slightly disagree on Piazon. I think Piazon did a very good job in the second half, and I understand where Ryan's going in the first half, but I think six is a little harsh. That's just my thoughts. Your thoughts? Well, I'd give them, I'd give Piazon a seven. I'd give Sessignon an eight and a half, and Mitrovic an eight and a half. I thought Piazon was very, very quiet first half, and he wasn't in it. But second half, I think I think Slavas had a little chat with him at half time, and his movement was much much better. And he's defensively was certainly a lot more disciplined. He he, he put in a good shift. And my first thought, he was he was going to keep him on for fifteen minutes in the second half, but he yep. kept him on. I think the eighty four, which was which was good. So certainly played better second half. 
I have to say, I thought um, Sessegnon, the goal, um, just he's such a clever player because he's he's brilliant at, at um, creeping into holes or, or pockets and he's very difficult to pick up. He scored all these goals, don't forget, because he was converted, you know, he'd started as a left-back and I thought he had a very solid game. Mitro and half because not just the goal he scored, but he led the line well. Um, he yeah. was feeding off scraps a little bit in the first half, but second half he came, he was much more in the game. He's always going to be a good player for me um, to hold the ball up with, with players in proximity because then he can he can peel off and, and move into better areas closer to the net. And uh, I thought that midfield did a very good job second half in terms of setting up um, setting up that 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 proximity to Mitro. And the goal was just absolute sheer quality. Again, he's gone into a nice pocket. He's, he's absolutely smashed it with a plum. And um, 13 goals in 13 games. So it's just, it really, it defies belief in terms of the impact he's had on this team. And we've got players like, you know, Boo Boo and, and, and Font um, and Cabano who aren't getting a lick off the, off the which, is, which does say something. But um, it's a team game. You know, yep. uh, all players have to be ready. Uh, but I thought the strikers did very well yesterday. Absolutely, Yanis. And uh, just to finish off, I, I don't think there's much to really talk about with uh, Cyrus Christie and, and uh, Collis. Ryan gives a seven, just a lovely run through to set Mitrovic up for his goal. I don't think we really need to go too far into talking about Tomas Collis because he came on for a little bit, but he did have an impact. So I understand why Ryan gave him a seven. All right, let's now... Transition. Let's finish by talking about Savisa. Giannis, I'll, I'll give you the honors of, of giving him a rating for this. What would you give Savisa a rating for this match? I'm going to give him a nine, and I, I and I I might be being harsh here. Um, I was going to say a ten, but okay. Um, we we looked a little nervous in the first ten fifteen. Yeah, I'm sure he told the players what to expect. Um, but. The nine for me comes in terms of the halftime team talk and how he had them set up in the second half. And, you know, we don't, I wish I knew, I wish we all knew what he says during yeah. halftime. I'm sure it's what we think it is a fairly quiet halftime team talk, probably the antithesis of a Neil Warnock. Um, and, you know, he had the lineup set up well. He's probably told the players, look, we've got to, we've got to be more precise in terms of the speed of our passing, our movement off the ball, providing the support for Mitro up front, getting the fullbacks more involved, even though Target had that shot just before halftime, they hit the crossbar. But um, he's done a very good job again. And I, I'm going to say again, th- these players are running through walls for Slava. And I'm struggling to think of a manager. I'm struggling to think of a manager who right now, in all the years I've supported them, is more revered than, than Slava. I, I would have to go... I mean, Roy Hodgson is an absolute obvious uh, cookie because he played for us. Malcolm McDonald back in the early 80s. Um, and, and, that's, and then going back to Alex Stock in the mid-70s. But Slava has done something a little different. And he's so quiet and unassuming. Might like our club. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. You know, we're not a rah-rah club. We just, you know, we quietly go about our business. But we're historic. We've got arguably the best ground in the country. Certainly the quaintest and... You know, it's historic with that little cottage. And uh, he go, go, Fulham go about their business much like the manager does, and he's reflective and a, an incredible representative of this club. He really is class and quality. And uh, another good job, again, to, to uh, 
to um, continue the run, 22. So I'll give him a nine for yesterday. Okay, excellent. Max, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with nine as well. Uh, I think all credit has to go to his team talk. There was a huge reaction from the players. You could see the difference uh, from the first half to the second half. He managed the game well. And I think he knew that at one point um, Millwall would just get tired out. He saw very well in advance how the game would play, and he wasn't worried about that first half. He knew the onslaught was going to come, but he had supreme confidence in his players to play their style. Um, what a great manager he is. We've seen a lot of rumors, I think, recently linking him to vacant jobs. I read one article saying he should go to Chelsea, one article he, he, he should go to Arsenal, you know, and let's just say, let's hope he goes nowhere. I think those are probably complete uh, bollocks in the end, but he's going to stay at Fulham, I really hope, uh, and hopefully with us in the Premier League. Okay, excellent there, Max. Very good take by uh, you and especially by Giannis on Savica. I, th- I think Savica's done an incredible job, and both of you will understand my comparison here, and uh, this is high praise when I say this. Giannis, I think that we'll never know what is said from Savica, like you mentioned, at halftime or even to the team, but I compare it to something that Belichick would do at halftime. And uh, it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be like throwing the hair dry or anything like that. It's more of what to do and execute. And they have executed his game plan, and it's played out the way that I think he thought it would. And that's why I went to a 10, because I think the plan was to really deal with them in the first half. It was going to be difficult, get to halftime, and then take off from there. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, like you said, I think he had some adjustments. He said some things at halftime, and it all took off from there. Uh, the goal makes a difference, of course, but it was more than that. They looked different. They were, they were moving differently. They played with much more confidence in the second half. And uh, I think something was said that helped them get to where they needed to be. So I want to give Savisa a huge amount of credit. That's why I said a 10. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. Let's wrap this up. Giannis, final thoughts before we go. It's, some, it's actually to do with something you just said. Um, actually, you and Max just said about Slava because uh, yesterday, of course, the big news was that, you know, that, that Arsene Wenger was going to be stepping down as Arsenal boss at the end of the season. And yep. it's been a very tough two, last two years. I mean, you hear about punch-ups between Arsenal fans in the stadium a lot of division that, you know, Veng was very stubborn. He wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, he wouldn't spend the money. And, you know, I, I've told Arsenal fans that you be careful what you wish, wish for. He's the best manager you've ever had. Um, he's done a remarkable job. But if you look at the way he changed the methods and the approach of Arsenal and the, the, the unassuming way he went about it, when as they're looking in terms of their search for a new manager, I'm, I would be shocked if they don't look at someone like Slava because of the way he conducts himself, the style of play, which is very similar to Arsenal's. Um, and just, just the, the, you know, his, his uh, deportment with the media, with players. Um, it, it is, I, I think there's a, there is a chance that they'll look at someone like him if, he's, if they've not already done before. And, um, he's, and that's the biggest compliment I can play to Slava because uh, he did a magnificent job at Watford and he's done an even better job here. And, um, you know, uh, we talk about Seth's going to be possibly gone and others might be gone depending on what happens. But uh, we may have to prepare for, for life without Slava because good managers like this 
you know they're not going to be they're not they're not going to be here for longer because bigger clubs will recognize talent he has tremendous talent and uh just thinking about the arsenal situation it wouldn't surprise me if they made a, an approach okay well that's something that we'll have to uh worry about a little bit i'm glad that you brought that up because i wasn't thinking about arsenal but uh it's a very good point for you to talk about that because i can see the fit after the way you described that Yanis. it's something to be a little concerned about max over to you final thoughts final thoughts is that listen two matches to play um we've got to win both of them currently the both the teams we're both going to play Sunderland and Birmingham city are winning so there's something to think about there. But listen, all the pressure now, I have to say, is on Cardiff. They need to win three, yep. out of, three out of their last four. That's a tough ask. We're the form team. We've already got our points on the board. I'm going to say that now. I think they're in the tougher position. We have to think like that. Um, and listen, Fulham, I said this a long time ago, and I think a lot of people gave me stick for it. I think rightfully so. I said, I don't think, I don't think we're going to lose another match all season. And I'm still going to stand by that claim. The way we're playing the game last night just gave me so much confidence. 3 0 at the den, in the circumstances that it was, it was an away masterclass simply. And we can just hope for an away masterclass at St. Andrews on the last day of the season and a home battering of Sunderland, a perfect way to close out the season. Whatever happens with the top two, we can have confidence that this will be one of the best runs in Fulham history. And let's just appreciate it uh, while we're on this special moment. Okay, excellent. All right, guys. Great show, but it is time to wrap it up. For Jan Shaneas and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.